Let's take our Bibles this evening. We'll go to 2 Kings chapter 2. As we close out the recorded history of the life of Elijah this evening. Taking the title from the question that Elisha asks after Elijah has been taken up and Elisha has his mantle, this evening looking at the concept, the question, where is the God of Elijah? 2 Kings chapter 2, starting in verse 1, it came to pass when the Lord would take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, Tarry here, I pray thee, for the Lord hath sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, As the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they went down to Bethel. And the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take thy master from thy head today? And he said, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Father, I pray that as we look at your word this evening and as we conclude the life of this servant of yours, I pray that you would give us understanding as we glean the truths and make applications to our lives. We thank you for his testimony. And even as we looked at this morning, the example that his life serves for us even today. We pray these things in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Coming to the end of the life of Elijah. We're familiar with this story, one of the more dramatic exits that somebody has to leave this earth. We're told right off the bat by the narrator that the Lord is going to take Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind. This doesn't seem to be a message that's just secret to Elijah. As we'll see, Elisha knows that this is going to happen. The sons of the prophets at Bethel know that this is going to happen. The sons of the prophet at Jericho know that this is going to happen. We have Elijah knowing what is going to happen. Continuing to follow the voice and the word of the Lord. Verse 2. He tells Elisha, you stay here at Gilgal. The Lord is sending me to Bethel. Even though Elijah knows that his time on this earth is drawing to an end. He is faithful to the end. He journeys from Gilgal. Where is Gilgal? If we think back in the Old Testament, Gilgal would have been where the Israelites crossed the Jordan River under the command of Joshua. 
where a memorial of stones was taken from the middle of the Jordan River, one stone for each tribe and an altar erected. Gilgal is the place where the reproach of Egypt was removed from the Israelites after they had finished wandering the, prom- or the wilderness for 40 years. Gilgal is where the tabernacle was originally set up in the promised land. It was where Saul was first anointed to be the first king of Israel. And Elijah looks at his faithful servant, Elisha, who has been training with him, who has been ministering to him, who has been serving him for the last several years in preparation for this day. And Elijah tells his servant, Elisha, you stay here while I go on ahead. A test, perhaps, of Elisha's devotion. And Elisha refuses, as the Lord liveth, and as thy soul liveth. Usually a single declaration of these, as the Lord liveth, I will not do this. Or as thy soul liveth, I will not do this. But Elisha combines the two for emphasis. He is resolved to be faithful as his master is. Not willing to abandon Elijah during his final moments. And they journey from Gilgal to Bethel. The home where you have one of the schools of the prophets. These sons of the prophets, these individuals who were not physical sons of the prophets, but figurative, as they would have been studying the word of the Lord that they would have had recorded, which for them would have been primarily the Pentateuch, maybe some of the Psalms of David. And here you have this group of people studying God's word, trying to remain faithful to him. And Elijah is headed to this school of prophets, perhaps to give them final encouragement, something we see the Apostle Paul doing as he's returning to Jerusalem on his final missionary journey. And he calls the elders, the pastors of the churches at Ephesus to come to him, and he gives them final instructions. Elijah is headed to Bethel, and he gives these final words of instructions to these faithful men. And while he's doing so, there's a group of them that come to Elisha and ask him, Hey, do you know that Elijah is about to be taken away from you? The word that's used here, take away, is the same word that's used to describe the translation of Enoch. In Genesis 5.24, Enoch walked with God and he was not, for the Lord took him. It's that same phrase. Whether they're doing this as a sincere warning, Elisha, are you aware that this is going to happen? We don't want this to catch you by surprise. It's a possibility. Perhaps saying it more of an, with an unnerving concern, Elijah's about to leave. What are we going to do? Who is going to be the one that is going to be faithful and stand for the Lord if Elijah, the chariot of Israel, is about to depart? Elisha, already aware of this, 
Tells them to hold thy peace. Be still. You know, don't get your tinsel in a tangle. It's okay. Elijah may be leaving, but God has not left us. Oftentimes during transitions, there, there can be a concern or a worry that happens. Oh no, what's going to happen because this leader who we've been following is suddenly going to be gone? The world is going to end. Well, no, that leader is a person. The God who's in charge is still in charge. Elisha tells them, I know that Elijah is going to be taken today. Hold your peace. And Elijah, verse 4, says unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray thee. Stay here at Bethel. Stay with these other men who are studying God's word. Maybe instructing him to stay out of concern. Elisha, something for you traumatic is about to happen. So stay with these people where you can be comforted. The Lord has sent me to Jericho. Again, Elijah is following the word of the Lord. And again, Elisha responds, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. So they came to Jericho, and the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha and said unto him, Knowest thou that the Lord will take away thy master from thy head today? And he answered, Yea, I know it. Hold ye your peace. Same song, second verse. Elijah going from Gilgal now to Bethel, or, or going from Bethel now to Jericho, where there is another school of prophets. Again, encouraging them to continue steadfast, comforting them with what is going to happen. And again, instructing Elisha, wait here. And Elisha again refuses, re-emphasizing his determination to stay with the one who had trained him. And as they are at Jericho, Elisha is again confronted with the reality that Elijah is going to be taken from him. And again, Elisha instructs these sons of the prophet to be still. Hold your peace. I know that this is going to happen it's okay. Verse 6, Elijah again tells Elisha, Terry, I pray thee here. Stay here at Jericho, for the Lord hath sent me to Jordan to cross over the Jordan River. Stay behind, stay with these group of the sons of the prophets. And again, Elisha responds, As the Lord liveth and as thy soul liveth, I will not leave thee. Elisha determining to be with Elijah, and they too went on. And although they go on alone, they're not really alone. 50, verse 7, of the men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off. And the two stood by Jordan. As they go towards the Jordan River, People don't change. When we think something as exciting is about to happen, crowds gather. 
And these sons of the prophet, they know Elijah is about to leave. They know God is going to remove him. They kind of want to see what's going to happen. And so this group of 50 is kind of following at a distance. Can we see what's going on? Will we be able to see this? And Elijah took his mantle, wrapped it together and smote the waters and they were divided hither and thither so that the two went over on dry ground. And Elijah takes his mantle and basically rolls it up and smites it down on the waters of the Jordan River and the river parts in two. Elijah and Elisha cross over to the other side on dry ground. This brings to mind the Israelites' crossing of the Red Sea where Moses holds his rod and the waters part. There are many similarities that we see in the scriptures between Moses and Elijah. Both Moses and Elijah confronted wicked rulers. Moses confronting Pharaoh, Elijah confronting Ahab. Both were used to demonstrate God's power over false gods. With the ten plagues in Egypt, each plague demonstrating Jehovah's authority and power over the gods of Egypt. And Elijah with the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel where Jehovah demonstrates his power over Baal. Both men met God on Mount Sinai. Both men had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. Both men stood alone for righteousness. Both men were associated with fire upon mountains. Both were chased from their countries by pagan rulers. Both knew God's miraculous provision for food and water. Both were powerful examples of prayer. Both parted the waters. Both had close associates who succeeded them, had successors that parted the waters also. Both had a mystery surrounding their departure from this earth. Both were with Christ at the Mount of Transfiguration. In Jewish tradition, both are expected to return in the future. When you look at the two witnesses during the tribulation time, both of them demonstrate judgments similar to what we see Moses and Elijah doing. And if you want to say that that's going to be Moses and Elijah... Go for it. If you want to say it's going to be two people in the same power, go for it. I'm not going to argue either way. The parallelism with the miraculous acts of Moses and Joshua is an obvious parallelism that the author here of 2 Kings is intending that Israel should regard Elijah and Elisha as a second Moses and Joshua to be followed in obedience. Verse 9, it came to pass when they were gone over. They've crossed over the Jordan River on dry ground. 
Elijah said unto Elisha, Ask what I shall do for thee before I be taken away from thee. Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of thy spirit be upon me. And he said, Thou hast asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if thou see me when I am taken from thee, it shall be so unto thee. But if not, it shall not be so. It came to pass, as they still went on and talked, that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it, and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. He saw him no more, and he took of his own clothes and rent them in two pieces. Elisha continuing to demonstrate his faithfulness to Jehovah by remaining faithful to Elijah, not forsaking him during these final moments. And Elijah offers him a blank check, as it were. Elisha, because of your faithfulness, ask what you want before I leave. And Elisha could have asked for anything. And I think to Solomon, as the temple has been dedicated, he receives a vision in the evening from the Lord, and the Lord saying, ask what you will. And Solomon asks for wisdom. And God commends him for not asking for wealth, not asking for a long life, not asking for a longevity, but because he asked for wisdom, God was going to give him more. And we see Elisha doing something similar, recognizing that Elijah is about to depart. I have already been chosen to be the next prophet of Israel. I can't do that by myself. Elisha recognizes that Elijah has been able to remain faithful to God, to serve God through the years because of the Spirit of God on Elijah's life. And when given the opportunity to ask for anything, Elisha says, I want a double portion of the Spirit of God. Not merely a request to succeed Elijah in his prophetic ministry. This had already been established. He had already been anointed to do so. Nor is Elisha desiring to have a ministry that would be superior to Elijah's. Although if you count the number of recorded miracles of Elijah and the number of recorded miracles of Elisha, over twice as many of Elisha's miracles are recorded. But just as the firstborn son in Jewish society would receive a double portion of the inheritance, Elisha is asking to have the same spiritual power beyond his own human capabilities to meet the responsibilities that were about to be thrust upon him. God, I can't do it on my own. I need help. And Elijah tells him, you're asking a hard thing. 
It's hard because Elijah does not have the ability to grant that request. The only one who can give the Spirit of God is God himself. But Elijah does promise him, if you see me when I am taken from you, then you will receive your request. And after this request has been made, we see that they still went on and talked. It's not recorded what they talked about. But if you put yourself in Elisha's shoes or sandals, what questions would you have asked if you knew that this would be his last opportunity to ask Elijah a question? What sweet fellowship they would have shared together during these times. As Elisha would have continued on and gotten towards the end of his life, what fond memories he would have had thinking back on this conversation. And as they're going, walking and talking together, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire that parted them both asunder, going between them, separating them. And Elijah is taken into the heavens by a whirlwind. And Elisha sees it, fulfilling the requirement necessary for his request to be granted. And as we would expect... Elisha is devastated, crying out, my father, my father, demonstrating his affection for his former master, a title of respect for Elijah. He calls Elijah the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. The true strength of Israel was not found in her armies. It was not found under the leadership of her kings, Ahab, Ahaziah, or Joram. The true strength of Israel was found in the presence of Elijah, the prophet of God. This single prophet had done more for the preservation and prosperity of Israel than all of her military could have done. We see the same phrase, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, echoed when Elisha dies in 2 Kings 13, verse 14. Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness whereof he died in Joash. The king of Israel came down unto him and wept over his face and said, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. Recognizing where the true strength comes from. A sentiment that was echoed by Mary, queen of Scots, in reference to the Scottish reformer John Knox. She said, I fear the prayers of John Knox more than all the assembled armies of Europe. Why did she fear those prayers? Why was Elijah and then Elisha, the chariot of Israel, the horsemen thereof? Because of their relationship with God. 
because they recognized and they realized that what they were doing, what they were accomplishing was not based on their own physical abilities, but the Spirit of God within them. And Elisha tears his garments in two, demonstrating great remorse. And he takes up also the mantle of Elijah, verse 13, that fell from him. Went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. He took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and thither. And Elisha went over. When the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah doth rest on Elisha. We see Elisha taking up the mantle of Elijah, the symbol of the Lord's power. Notice this mantle doesn't just fall onto Elisha's shoulders, but rather as Elijah is caught up in this whirlwind, his mantle just drops to the ground, and Elisha again is faced with a choice of faithfulness. Am I going to pick up this mantle? And follow God. And be a witness and a testimony as Elijah was. And he takes the mantle. And just as Elijah had smitten the waters when they crossed over, he again takes the mantle and he smites the waters. And he asks the question, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Not necessarily done in anger for taking Elijah away. Although oftentimes in grief, our souls cry out in bitterness, God, where are you? Why are you doing this? But instead, Elijah is recalling his request for the Spirit of God to be transferred to him. God, are you answering that request? Has God answered my request, granting me the spirit-filledness that I need to continue my journey to be the one who is carrying on the spiritual leadership? And the Lord immediately answers by parting the waters. In regards to when someone does pass from the scene regarding different ministries. One pastor has said, when you have got their mantle, do not waste precious time in lamentations about them anymore, but instead get to your business. There's a river in your way. What then? Go to the Jordan as the prophet Elisha did and try to pass it. Say not, where is Elijah, but rather, where is the Lord God of Elijah? Elijah is gone, but his God is not. Elijah has gone away, but Jehovah is present still. During times of change and transitions, sometimes our focus can be shifted to the earthly physical leaders that are there. And now that they're gone, what's going to happen? But those earthly physical leaders aren't where our focus and our goal where our view should be, rather, where is the God of that one?
And Elisha returns alone. The 50 sons of the prophet who watched as Elijah and Elisha had crossed together now observe as Elisha returns by himself holding his master's cloak. Seeing the parting of the Jordan River is a demonstration to them that God's power had passed on to Elisha. Elisha didn't need to persuade or convince them of this. But God's blessings on his actions were enough to prove it. And these sons of the prophet recognized that the spirit of Elijah is now on Elisha. As we conclude our study in Elijah's life, three takeaways that I'd like for us to just close with this evening. First, Elijah's life is a testimony of one who was not perfect, but one who lived his life in the power of God. This was recognized by those around him. Can we honestly say that we are living our lives by the power of the Spirit of God? Or are we doing it in our own strength? When difficulties come, when challenges come, when that curveball comes, what is our first response? Is it to try to figure out a solution on our own? Or do we look to the Lord God of Elijah? His life is a testimony. But we also see Elijah is faithful in his task of disciple-making. For the last several years in his life, Elisha is with him, living with him, learning from him. And not just Elisha, but those who were the sons of the prophet, those in the schools of the prophets, Elijah was faithful in instructing and discipling them. Reaching to that next generation, training the next generation of God's followers to be the leaders that they need to be. Who are we reaching out to? Who are we striving to train to disciple for the Lord. And then one truth briefly from the life of Elisha. This would be a series that would take twice as long since he had a double portion of the Lord's Spirit. So I'll let Pastor Betri take that series. But Elisha remaining faithful despite the opportunities to turn back. Elisha, stay behind. No, I'm coming with you. Elisha, stay behind. No, I'm coming with you. Picking up the mantle. Despite the opportunities to turn back and hardships, Elisha remains faithful. As Jesus says in Luke chapter 9, verse 62, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Elisha continued to stay the course. Are we faithful in the course that has been set for us as Elisha was? Or do discouragements in our lives cause us 
to desire to turn back. Father, we thank you that these examples, these men of old are given to us for our learning. Father, we recognize that Elijah was not perfect, yet he was faithful. He lived his life in and through your spirit, and we ask that you would help each of us to live each and every day in the power of your spirit, not our own strength. May we seek to be faithful in reaching out to the next generation, training the next generation of spiritual leaders for your church and your kingdom. And may we not let discouragements and difficulties in life cause us to take our gaze from you. May we remain faithful despite the difficulties around us. We ask in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.